yeah, I'm always going to recognize somebody. I'm always going to feel welcome, which is, which is also one of the best parts. Cause like, I feel like, like with transitioning and everything, I was like, Oh, you know, I got like this whole, whole new level of like social anxiety, but you know, going to the shows, I'm just like, no, nah, these are, these are my people. This feels, this feels really good. This is Champagne is also a band podcast. One songwriter, one song. I'm Sven, your host for a journey into the music of Champaign-Urbana. Recorded in the Blue Box studio with a songwriter from the Champaign-Urbana music scene, past or present. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to be a part of the Champagne Showers podcast network. Welcome to Champagne is also a band podcast. Today, I have Cam from Extremely Mundane, and we're going to be talking about her song, I Can't Take More of It, and it was released as a single. So, Cam, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Without further ado, let's listen to the song. Thank you. 
Welcome back. So, Cam, my first and favorite question to always ask is, what came first, the words or the music? Uh, it started with me just playing some guitar chords in my room, and I was like, I like this like 5-4 kind of feel. And then I just kept strumming it enough until I, you know, some words appeared in my head, and I kind of rolled with it. Kind of got the main hook. I can't take more of it was like the the catch i was like yeah this this is could this could be a song i was curious if you had intentionally thought oh i should make something in in five four or did that just it just came out that way i definitely try to like tap into like odd meter a lot like i have on my self-titled ep there are a couple tracks on there that are in five four i do like some like not modulation what's it called uh syncopation no not Um, syncopation what's the word oh it'll come to me I, I don't uh it's like kind of the hemiola kind of thing or no no i i like i change i change time signatures yes back in, oh um yeah what is, is it, that called i don't know <laughs> i don't know what to call it but <laughs> yeah. i did like you know some weird shit where it'd be like five four then seven four then five four then seven four and then back to like four four or something i don't know gotcha. i think it sounds kind of weird like off kilter kind of vibe that's okay so the, it's it's funny because you know there there is that uh, for each of the the groupings of lyrics the uh you do uh, you do switch back and forth between the five and then you have a four four kind of time in the uh, it's so cold to drive alone um and then you switch back you know for the uh standing in the door can't i can't take any more of it um how did you so you had the guitar part and there's the thing that I found actually, I'm sorry, I'm going to go like super broad on this whole piece no, rather good. than specific. But the thing that just fascinates me about the way that I've observed uh, your writing, how to characterize your writing is I, I feel like you do this wonderful play between doing the same thing, but doing it differently. So um, you may have, so I feel like there's always one element from the first part that is in all the different parts. So either the guitar is doing the same thing, uh, doing similar chords in a different meter, but having uh, the drum uh, drum accenting different parts of the meter. You change the the counterpoint of the of the bass line when the guitar is doing something. So instead of doing the the root of the chord you're doing the like you're doing the first inversion and second inversion of the chord and so it it changes the nature of the way that something you've already said i want to say musically already said feels different that's kind of the quintessential part of music that i love it's like you can say the same thing but say it differently and so um it, I, i'm just curious and i and i'm just wondering at least when I do something where it's the same message uh, in terms of musical musical line or whatever. I, I feel like my general idea is I, I like to think about how the, that makes a statement on life. It's like sometimes we can feel trapped in like the same day over and over, but yet we do. It's what we can do to make it a little bit different to make it change. So I don't know. That was my long thing, and I don't know if there's even a question in there, but. I, that that was just something that I observed from the way that you write and construct your pieces. So I I don't know it, that you're nodding. So I'm assuming that that's something yeah, very no, intentional. Very yeah, for sure, spot on. Yeah, I I don't know the yeah because it's like a b a b kind of pattern 
for the A section with the like five four. I wanted like something like driving. I wanted something like letting you know like you're going. You know you're anxious. Like you're stressed out. Like you want to get out of this space or like you know you're out of your groove or something. And then you know you go back to the four four and you're like. I don't know it's kind of like a, a standard like groove that like you know most people would bob their head to and like feel familiar with there's like a lot of like foley's in the a sections that like kind of like make you feel kind of trapped I don't know, try to stress you out but then i really try to like open things up for the b parts and when you say b parts that's the it's so cold to drive alone yep so you got to drive here with what's with lots of uh empty roads and silos so i did yeah <laughs> yep I'm, I'm used to it though it's uh i'm from huntley illinois so oh which is like okay. a not really a suburb of chicago but you know yeah north, it, northwest illinois when did you start putting the the drum beats you've got kind of it seems like you've got a mix of uh, there's some telephone in there. There's some, uh, you, you, just briefly at towards the end of that, um, that first a section is that phones you've got, and you've got like these glasses that you're, it sounds like a glass. Yep. Yeah. Somebody I took, I took it. a wine glass and a, yep. That's yeah. exactly what I did. Um, I tuned it with like water. It was pretty, it was pretty funny. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> and no. in post obviously, but <laughs> it was, it was, it was weird. It was a goofy experience to tune a glass of water. I guess let's dive into the the lyrics and kind of the overall. Was was there a particular instance that um, inspired these lyrics, or or is it more of that general um, like I gotta get it get away, or I don't know where to stand in this whole situation? Yeah, there are definitely like a couple like things that I look back on, and I'm like, this definitely like influenced lyric. I was like, when I wrote this, like I was like smoking a lot of weed you know, not doing much else. And I was like, kind of getting fed up with uh, my current habits. And I was like, I should make a change. I can't take more of it. You know, I want to, I want to change up my life. And then, mm. and then the B sections kind of act like this, like moment of like, th- like turning back, you know, a little bit of like regret or like wondering like how things will change. There are a couple instances in my life that like kind of inspire these kind of lyrics. Like the first one would be like when I left my dad's house. So like my, I was living with my dad, he was kind of neglectful and made the choice like in like mid high school to just live with my mom full time. So it's like standing in the door, I can't take more of it, pack up my shit, throw the rest away. Mm. I won't need it, making these big changes. And then, but it's so cold to drive alone, you know, it's really to, to leave a, a person like a parent is, is a lot or, you know, the weed smoking was another example one to make this change and then the other big one is like obviously like the transition pack up my shit throw the rest away purge that closet so it's it's coming from a lot of different places i don't know i decided to drop it on the 18th leading up to father's day oh. with that kind of thing yeah yeah so i don't know how how comfortable you are talking about transition or just I, oh i'm i'm, I'm comfortable okay, talking about cool. it yeah so i mean it, it, I, I guess that was, you know, from from my experience, my worldview, I, that was not something that I particularly was thinking of, but I, I can totally see the idea of making a, a, a change that affects the way that people that have known you for years have looked at you and, and how they interact with you. And the standing in the door, I can't take more of it. The one thing that I kept feeling with standing in the door... There's so many ways I can go with this, but but one thing that I always thought of is like 
okay, are you are you entering a room or are you leaving a room? Because either way, if you're going to enter into one room going into a door, um, you're either you're entering one way and and leaving another all at the same time. Either whichever way you go, you're entering one room, leaving another. How did that line kind of come about? I don't know. The song kind of loops on itself kind of well. And the idea is like, I wanted to be very like general. Somebody could listen to it and think of a moment, you know, something in their life that they would like to change. Obviously address the fact that like, you know, you have to leave some stuff behind. You're gonna, you know, it's gonna be cold, you know, to drive alone or whatever. I always, I use like the door or the windows and doors opening as like transitions. Like the, the window opens is kind of like giving you like a preview, you know, allowing you to like get an idea of what, like what this new world could be like. Yeah. But you haven't quite stepped through the door or like, you know, entered a new door, left, however you want to think about it, you know, but yeah. all about like transitions in life, whether it's, you know, you're trans and you're transitioning or you're leaving a family member or you're dropping a habit. Let's talk a little bit about how you assemble a song, how you put together the parts. Was Did you, you know, I, I'm assuming that this is you playing every part. Um, if it's not like a drum machine or are you using a, are you using a drum pad or like, how are you putting in, uh, putting in the, the percussion? Yeah. So the percussion, uh, I did it all through Ableton. Uh, okay. So yeah, I'm just, you know, forming a drum kit, you know, mixing all the different parts. So what were the next steps after you, you had the guitar part and like, where did you go from the guitar part to walk me through how this song got written? Yeah, so, yeah, guitar part gets written, the lyrics come to mind, like the, you know, talk to myself alone in my room, think about anything other than you, standing in the door, I can't take more of it. I, like, wrote that line, I was like, this is good, and then I went into Ableton, and I recorded it, and I think I did, like, some rough drums, and, like, yeah, I just had that one section, though, when I first went into Ableton, and then, like, I copy it, and I wrote, like, the... The variation of the the beginning line pack up my shit throw the rest away i won't need it wherever i'll be as yeah. like a variation of it and then the other part i don't know i just i wanted it to be a lot more simpler and i want it to be something that i would want to like i don't know drive to i guess right and i don't know it's got like a fun tempo it's got like a I don't know. The baseline like is it varies a lot more than the other one, so it's it's got more energy that way instead of just yeah. like holding root notes or whatever. It's got all that energy, but then you know, with with every B section, there comes the A section to kind of drag it, not drag it down. I don't know if that's the right word, but it yeah, it like sure. kind of brings you back to Bring earth. You back, yeah. When did you decide to put the the effects on your your voice, your vocals? Like the auto tune, yeah, and stuff, yeah. You know, I haven't been doing this for too long, but like when I first got Ableton, which is like. A year ago ish i like made a bunch of beats and i was like this is cool i was listening to a lot of like hyper pop stuff and i was like okay auto-tune very interesting pitch shifting also very cool mm-hmm. so i didn't really like shy away from vocal effects i don't know i have like a weird relationship with like pitch shifting and auto-tune because it's like as a trans person i'm very like aware of my voice and self-conscious mm-hmm. you know at times of my voice and you know pitch shifting allows me to achieve something that like something that i could not do in my life which i guess definitely at times is like kind of sad because i'm like how the fuck am i going to perform this live or something but also i like the way it sounds and i and i do have i do have songs where i don't like pitch shift 
right i have a couple tracks i don't know it's a weird relationship with the pitch shifting because i like the way it sounds yeah but i also enjoy my voice and wanna i don't know i'm not a great singer (laughs) so i gotta gotta lean on some of that stuff too but when i first started doing podcasts and i guess anytime before then to when i would record my voice not even on a mental thing but that voice that's inside your head which is the resonance of your skull and bones and all the the materials that make up your head and the way that it sounds in your head i i feel like there's there's that weird shock that that somehow goes through when we hear our own recorded voice and i feel like i'm going back to the root of my own insecurities but trying to capture your voice and what does it mean to you yeah, for sure. as well as to other people as my voice cracks which i love that's the other thing is trying to embrace like the the, the weird shit that your voice just your voices do and there's something about the way that you manipulated your voice in this song that that somehow just fits and i don't and, and that's kind of why i was curious like what was what was the motivation and and that's why i had asked that i actually um, when i first record wrote it and recorded it it was down like a whole fifth and i didn't i didn't pitch shift it originally so like there's some draft of it on like my soundcloud that's private where it's like not pitch shifted initially i didn't i wrote it to be a whole fifth down which would which is how i sang it i re-recorded the guitar down a fifth of what i wanted it to be so that I could record it and then pitch shift it back to make it match. This goes back to that initial idea. Music can have the same structure or the same chord pattern and melody and then have things completely shift around it and do things around it that make it different. But I feel like there's a lot of extra mental hoops that you're going through in order to make this song cohesive and like fit together. So there's there's this line of like it, it being composed, but also kind of constructed and also like pieced together. And and how do you make all the puzzle pieces fit together? You know, I write the A section, put it into Ableton, get the drums kind of going to get more of a vibe built. And then I just like listen to it on repeat over and over and over and over and over again until... You know, I come up with more things, I'll write some stuff down, you know, I'll play, you know, some guitar, establish some chords for the other section. It's not like I write the song and then go into Ableton. I mean, sometimes I do, but in in the case of this song, it was like, you know, I wrote like, you know, a section, then I go into Ableton. And I feel like my favorite instrument is definitely just the DAW because of all the power that it gives you. And most of the stuff I make, like this song's kind of a, a weird one compared to the rest of the stuff in, that I'm working on. It's like... Most of the stuff I do is like very electronic, devoid of like guitar. It's all just like on my laptop. So this one was kind of was kind of different. Whenever I bring in like you know the guitar, the writing process is gonna be totally different. In the first section, I added like the bass, and I was like, "Wow, this tone fucking rips. This is this is what I want." Yeah. And and then I was like, "Okay, I get like because I don't want to like completely change the instrumental from section to section, even though I do sometimes do that, but keeping the bass and the guitar." Do you have a favorite section in this? Something that you're like, this is the part that when I listen to the song, when we come back to it, this is the part that I'm like, that's my favorite part. I guess if it's if we structure A, B, A, B after the first B section, when you first come back and all the instrumentals like there, there's no like building up to it and you get the pack up my shit like right on the kick and everything. Yeah. I just love, find it very satisfying with the, uh-huh. the, the window closing and sounds like that. 
now I have to go back and listen to it after li- after having this interview. So my favorite part, actually, I I think I think that we've heard, you know, we've heard your A B A, and there's this whole just before you break into that last minute of your piece where it's just about to do the uh, B section one last time. I like how unless you look at the time on the song, you don't, you think maybe the song has ended in the new context in, in which we were just talking. I feel like it's almost the silence is this cognitive thought of like, you may have made that decision to, to go forward, to leave, to pack up your shit and, and throw the rest away. But there's still that point where you're like, it's not too late for me to go back. And then, and then it's just like, fuck it. I I just, in my head, I hear this like, fuck it. And then it's just, it's so cold to drive alone. But at this point, you've also had what I I like to think of as like this, but you add in a new element that uh, once again, it's like shifting up the meter because you're back into the four, but you're doing, it's still in four, but it's in triplets. So it's, it's like, now you even have like this, the six, eight feel to it. You Mm -hmm. know, I know it's in four, four, but there's that because it's it feels it feels the same, but it's got that new skipping that like this is the right thing to do. This is kind of the the progress that I need next, and and I feel like there's that strange underlying joy. Is joy like a fair like whenever I hear like yeah, triplets sure. coming in, I feel for like sure. that's the celebratory mm-hmm. kind of. I mean, as a, as a as a mode in music. So that to me that there's a lot of parts in this that were easily runners up for the first place of, of being my favorite. But I, I feel like there's joy. There's like resolve. It's like, there's a straight line, even though you're going to be going through, it's a cold drive and, um, you still got regrets, you know, yeah. like even after you've left the door, you know, you still, you still look back and you're like, what if, you know, what if I never left? What if, you know, why did you want this to be your favorite piece that we talked about today? I think the timing of it, you know, it just released. Also, it's one of my latest pieces and I'm definitely like new to production and actually recording and putting out songs. So, you know, this is my best, some of my best stuff so far. So got to show off the new stuff. Even in the midst of the current coronavirus pandemic, The Jubilee Cafe is continuing to serve packaged, home-cooked meals free to all every Monday evening, 5 to 6.30 p.m. Meals are available for pickup outside the 6th Street door to the Community United Church of Christ in Champaign, Illinois, 805 South 6th Street. Jubilee Cafe's mission remains the same. Feed hungry people by cooking healthy and delicious meals. We are open to anyone who cares to receive a meal. For information on the meal or how to volunteer, go to the Jubilee Cafe CUCC Facebook page or email us at jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. Welcome back. So, Cam, do you have a favorite Champaign-Urbana venue? I do. I don't know if it still exists in its pre-COVID form, but it was definitely like Waluigi's Mansion. 
I've been to a couple shows there, but one that really solidified it as my favorite venue is when I saw, I think it was the Data Waves, and they were doing a show, and I was with my friends, and we were just going so hard to their funk. They brought the whole fucking house down. It was, it was awesome. That was definitely peak show that I've been to. Also, just the venue was so cute. The decorations, Mm. the flags, they had just like all these like small bears just like littered across like the perimeter of the room. And then they just had like random pictures and paintings. I think they had like, I don't know, they had like weird records on the wall or something. I'm trying to remember. Now it's kind of a blur. Yeah. I'm trying to recall. We spent the last year and year and a quarter trying to forget all the things just so we weren't so sad that we couldn't do them, you know, so. True. um, Have you performed live with your work yet? I have performed one live show at uh, the IMC. Uh, They had like a a transgender fundraiser of the sort. So I performed with Christina Haney from Rat Fight and Melody, who works at Alien Heart Records and does all kinds of shit. Yeah. And uh, Ethan Schlenker. And they play the cello and they do, they had amazing performances. Like really cool pieces that they played. And stuff with like microtonal like stuff going on. Like very, very cool. Awesome. Yeah, they are very talented. Very, very cool. Wow. Here's the question that that kind of has been something that I ruminate on that I think about a lot because I feel like it's because of the pandemic and because we were isolated. I like to think about what makes a really good music scene. And I guess tacked onto that, like what does, what do you think Champaign-Urbana does well and what do you think it doesn't do so great? So I guess the first question is, is what, what do you think really makes a good scene? Strong community. I guess would be the biggest part and I definitely feel that with like champagne like it seems like there's a lot of like like brick and mortar like established like venues seems like there's like a lot of like DIY stuff going on like I've seen quite a few like pop-up shows like I don't know there's a lot of different venues hosted by a lot of different people I feel like whenever I go to the shows I do see like a lot of the same people like even though I don't know them because I'm kind of antisocial, but I, you know, I feel this sense of community because I'm like, oh yeah, these are the music listeners of Champagne and these are the, you know, artists and, you know, we all congregate and whatever, you know, whether it's a small DIY basement or an alley between two houses or a bar. It, it almost has that whole, like, the home is where the heart is kind of feel to it, right? Like, because, because people are pretty genuine in this scene, like, and they care about each other like it doesn't matter where the venue ends up it's like because those are the people that are there yeah i'm always going to recognize somebody i'm always going to feel welcome which is which is also one of the best parts because like i feel like like with transitioning and everything i was like oh you know i got like this whole, whole new level of like social anxiety but you know going to the shows i'm just like no these are these are my people this feels this feels really good right um, so I guess what do you what do you think Champagne Urbana could do better? I don't know. I I mean I I haven't been a part of too many music scenes, so I don't really know. But we need more electronic stuff, I guess. I don't know. Can't really make a criticism. I feel like I don't have any ethos for that. Okay. No, that's that's <laughs> but that's cool. Well, maybe more more raves. You know, I wanna I wanna rail cat and like go crazy in a basement or something. Yeah. I feel like I haven't seen that yet. 
Well, I, I, I guess... Or I haven't I mean, found it. I mean, um, I don't consider myself particularly tall, but um, I feel like cutting loose in, in a basement, in most of the basement uh, venues that I've been to, would be probably dangerous. <laughs> so, True. I forget how short. <laughs> they're not They're not full height. Yeah. Also, I'm 6'1", so... <laughs> right. Yeah, so I, I guess that, that was my, uh, you know, I've been being older that was my first thing i'm like well you know as long as you duck down while you're jumping i think you'll be okay but um no i i i am really looking forward to you know jumping back into the diy scene because i feel like those have gone more underground well not more underground but 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 have um for good reason um because they tend to be smaller spaces and and people gathered pretty close you know during the pandemic it really was not something you could safely do and i admire um those diy venues that were like you know what we'll just we'll just wait this out and i really appreciate them doing that because um it (laughs) every little bit that we did uh made the pandemic or is making the pandemic go away a little bit faster hopefully (laughs) crossing fingers and you know as I said, like it was, it was a pleasure to be able to be like, I'm vaccinated, you're vaccinated, um, and and have um, that be cool and have people back in the studio because you know, I mean, I like the way my studio looks, but I like when people come in and like the way my studio looks too. <laughs> oh yeah, I love it. It's, um, a, it's a great space. COVID nineteen got you down. You looking for some music? Some video games? Well, Exile Main Street still has all the things you need. New and used LPs, CDs, and video games. Exile Main Street still has something for any music enthusiast and old-school gaming devotee. Exile Main Street is taking orders, making deliveries, and pickups by appointment. They can find just about any music or video game you need. Check out their website, ExileMainStreet.com, for links to their Discogs page for new additions. You can also contact them via Facebook Messenger to see what they can find for you. They can also be reached on Instagram, Twitter, email, or phone at 217-398-MAIN. That's 217-398-6246. Welcome back. So, Cam, what is your favorite non-musical thing? Damn, I I don't know. That's a tough question. I do quite a few things. I like I like skateboarding a lot. Really, I like to ride my bike around campus. I'm really into politics. I think my favorite thing though has got to be bouldering. Are you familiar with bouldering? Yes. Why don't you explain it? No, I'm just, isn't that climbing without gear? Yeah, you yeah, you just have your shoes and like maybe a chalk bag. But you you have like crash pads to like protect your fall, you know? I'm very risk adversive. I don't like the potential of hurting myself, so yeah. It's it's fairly safe. Yeah, so how did you get into bouldering? So I was stuck here over the summer. I think it was before yeah, the summer twenty nineteen and I was bored out of my mind and I was like you know, I went to Urbana Boulders. I don't know if you heard of that yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd been there a couple times with my friend Patrick, who is my roommate, or was my roommate. You know, I picked it up over the summer and I got obsessed. Okay. Got a membership, went there four or five times a week. 
by the time my friend Patrick came back, he was like, oh shit, now I've got a climbing partner. So then we really got into it and we, you know, we went, we went to UB like, you know, three times a week. We kind of had like a little bit of a, a regiment going on. And then on the weekends we would, we would drive to Southern Illinois. Yeah. Uh, the Holy Boulders is what they're called. It's in Pomona, kind of by Carbondale-ish. Beautiful hills, even better bouldering. Nice. Definitely a great huh. place to spend some time and just vibe. Because bouldering, like, it's a lot of work when you're climbing, but most of the time you're just chilling. And it's just downtime and you're eating snacks, hanging yeah. out with friends in the nature. Like, I would never have thought, oh yeah, you know what You know what Urbana needs? It's a place to do some bouldering, right? Like... <laughs> Hey, it's welcome. You know, no, oh. not to hate on the arc, but the arc gym setting, it's it's very different. I'm not a huge like. I don't like the rope. I don't like top roping. The bouldering was very liberating. Gotcha. Plus, the setting at Urbana Boulders is is supreme. They do a fantastic job. You said uh, skating. How did you get into skating, or have you always been into skating? I've had like cruisers for a bit, and then when COVID happened, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna get like a skateboard. I'm gonna try try learning some tricks. So messed cool. around with that for a bit. Took a bad fall, so kinda put it on the back burner, but with, you know, it being summer again, I'm getting back into it. Camp, thank you so much for being on the show and you know, telling me about your song I Can't Take More of It and your writing style, your construction, your composition in Ableton. It's been really fascinating to hear how you you structure it the roots of this song and um you're performing at the imc and um your favorite non-musical thing of of bouldering i just really appreciate you coming all the way out here and being on the show yeah thanks for having me great awesome. setup very cool space very fun to talk about Thank you for listening to Champagne is Also a Band podcast. This is Cameron, also known as Extremely Mundane, reminding you, great music is out there. Go find it where you live. You almost have an NPR voice. It's so good. Welcome to Champagne is also a band podcast. Today, my headphones are going in and out. Yay. Okay, cool.